Only us could turn a hybrid song into a turn up song. So some of you might be wondering, why are you guys playing that damn near, I think it's like two and a half, almost three years old song, remixed by, by Night Freak, which was a remix of Francis Mercier Magic System song, which was the remix of the original, obviously the song Premier Gao, a song of heartbreak, a song of betrayal, and all of us now turn up to every fun function to a man being cried over, being dribbled. By a gold digging Phil, that's what we do, Phil. That's what we do, Phil. Phil, uh, we turn up to Heartbreak songs. That's true, that's true. And the reason why we're playing this Heartbreak song is Night Freak just went gold in France. That's a big... That's a, no, that deserves... That deserves... <laughs> yeah, congratulations tonight. Why were you studying? What was that that was playing? It just uh, was auto playing. It was auto playing um, the David Guetta remake <laughs> of uh, I'm Blue. 
Okay. All right. <laughs> I was like, that sounds so weird. But yeah, congratulations to Night Freak. Night Freak uh, currently sitting on a million monthly streams. Um, uh, Sorry, a million monthly listeners on uh, Spotify. Shout out to him. Uh, in fact, that particular song, if you look at the Spotify stats right now, is just under 20 million streams. Doing really well. Uh, uh, so congratulations, Night Freak. We must get him on this podcast at some point. Mm-hmm. But um, you, you, were, you were talking about songs of heartbreak. It just reminds me of this video that was going around of this man. He was clearly at the groove in the web, somewhere in the bower. And the song that was playing was Abale. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, my baby. And you can just you can just see on his face that you know what I mean. He's he's thinking of the situation back. Guys, home. sometimes sometimes <laughs> stay indoors and process your it feelings. You. Sometimes process your feelings no, no. in private. Because if it hits you in that moment when you're out, I know it's not right. Because what am I doing here? I shouldn't even be here, man. I should be in her arms. Mm. And I'm here. <laughs> Who is this girl that's whining on me? That's wild. That's wild. <laughs> anyway, let's uh, let's start the show. Ladies and gentlemen, I got to ask y'all. Good to go. Sound of a thing now. Let me hear a drum play. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of your favorite podcast, Two Broke Twimbles are back one more again. My name is Danny that guy, aka Danos the Mad Titan, aka Denford, Wekumaraini, aka Denimbi, my life your entertainment, aka I'm done with these streets. Jimira, Jimira, Jaquana, Japreza, aka Akuna Mumendi And it's not only that mistake, but irrefutable. You will not interrupt me, a bull. Bill Chad, aka Flame Floss, the big boss. This thing's from Lovu, aka Filthy Phil, aka DJ Mkada, and of course, oh wait, Phil on Musk, and uh, Shemwari. I hate it so much. Ditenge Revo. Drink. E. Bam. You know, you know, Phil. Uh... Hello, 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 Japreza. Japreza, Japreza. Hello, let's stop. Chimira, Mira Japresa. We ask Chimira, 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 Chimira. Let me tell you something, Phil. MCing is a difficult task. Mm. It's difficult. It's difficult. You gotta you gotta manage so many different things. An artist is performing, but you know, Rakwana, what do you do? Eish. Because you know you have to, you know, great. It just it it's a lot. It's a lot. But anyway, let's not focus on uh, on negative things. Let's focus on positivity. Push and pee as we celebrate some Zimbabweans around the world doing big things. Zimbabweans doing it big this week. We're gonna shout out a couple of people. Uh, first of all, Phil has already mentioned Night Freak. Shout out to Night Freak. But also, let's take this uh, moment to shout out uh, someone in the world of film. Okay. <clears throat> 
courtesy of Greedy South. I want to say thank you very much to Greedy South for appointing us, appointing a spotlight in the direction of Zimbabweans around the world doing big things. This is a Zimbabwean by the name of Denise Edwards, who uh, has, uh, she's done something. She was a part of the production team for Zambia's first ever Netflix film. It's called Can You See Us? Uh, yeah, and uh, she was the assistant director for that particular movie. It's just launched on Netflix. So congratulations, Zambia. Your first Netflix film, We've Been Here a While. Welcome. Um, yeah, Can You See Us is, uh, it's, uh, how can I put it? It's putting a spotlight on some social issues. Let me not get into it. You guys should just watch it. Go find it on Netflix. And just know that Denise Edwards was involved as the assistant director, making sure that uh, Zimbabwe's name is also out there in the world, even from Zambia. Also want to give a shout out to a Zimbabwean who was recently um, breaking history. She is an endurance and trail running specialist. Her name is Emily Horgood. She ran 100 kilometers mm. in the ultra trail du Mont Blanc Gemailleux Champex Chamonix. 100 kilometer race. Um, that's wild, yo. Including, mount, like it includes mountains and whatever in that 100 kilometers. Anyway, yeah. She came second in the race out there. Um, uh, a little bit of background on her. It says she grew up on a farm in Beatrice. Uh, that ah, that explains it all. Mm-hmm. That would make <laughs> a sense. That would make a sense. Yeah, so uh, congratulations. Coming second. Hey, that's wild. A 100-kilometer race. Yo. Mm. Yo. Anyway, she won silver there, so congratulations to Emil over there. Right, Philip. Um, shall we wrap up some things? Hey, remember last week when we were talking about Americans being world champions? Oh my god! Well, wouldn't wouldn't you have it that America actually did not even win an international championship <laughs> in uh, in uh, the basketball World Cup, which I didn't even know was a wow. thing. Wow! So you haven't been watching? <laughs> What's your what's your current what's your current commentary on on how Canada are doing and Shea Gildress Alexander's performance so far? Philip, mm-hmm. I'll watch women's football before I watch the World mm-hmm. Cup of basketball. If Nikola Jokic was playing for Serbia, what do you think their chances would have been? I can tell you that the Spanish women's coach has been fired. Oh, the coach has been fired. Oh. Yeah, not, not, not the not yeah, the, the coach. So, the coach was the problem. The coach was the problem. The guy that just won the World Cup. And by the way, there's, a, there's another addition to that that we actually need to add, Dan. There's something that I forgot to mention last week is... Do, okay, do, wait, wait. Before we get there, let me just finish yeah, the story real quick. Follow up. Remember, remember when we're arguing about America, world champions. Hey, Americans think that they're world champions because they got the best players in the world. Well, America actually lost to Lithuania. Lithuania beat the USA. In the basketball World Cup, mm. um, one hundred and ten to one hundred and four. So, so you know, they, look. So here's the here's a nice but, comparison to actually bring that through. Like, so that as I as I know you've been watching because you said you've been staying up night, uh, late at night watching all of the games um, in the Philippines. That's where the, the World Cup is happening. Um, I can't believe basketball as a world. The Americans, they, they pretty much took out their C team. You know, they've kind of been laissez faire about it because they've been so arrogant that we're the best in the world. Blah, 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 blah. So a lot of the, the Excuse me. The top tier players don't play. It's the it's the young players that are looking to establish a name for themselves, looking to build their brands. Um, etc. That's why, for example, Anthony Edwards um, was the star 
of this sort. For those who, as I'm sure you know, Dan, because you you keep abreast of all these things. Anthony Edwards has been doing really well mm-hmm. um, for the, for the Wolves. He, he's really come to become the star of that team. If Carl Anthony Towns can, mm-hmm. can stop mm-hmm. being a problem. Also, as I'm sure you know, Anthony Edwards was in that Netflix movie with Adam Sandler just last year. So he's he's building a brand and a name for himself, and he he became the, the preeminent leader, the, the star player here on the on the American team. Once again, but he's not at Kevin Durant's level. He's not at LeBron's level, you know. So there's the I think America really needs to rethink their arrogance, and it's it's one of those wonderful cases of sometimes when you get a bit too pompous, almost immediately, if not sooner. The universe will just and uh, remind you just to humble yourself. Coming back to the the Spain story, here's the through line, Dan. Wonderful. Look at this. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We forgot to mention last week that the team that won the World Cup was not the Spain A team. the The issues with the head of the federation started before the World Cup, when they were complaining about the treatment, the behavior, um, and a lot of other things and salaries. Half the A team quit, or rather, the whole teams went on strike, and then the federation was like, "Oh, if you guys want to go on strike, ball, we'll just get the reserves." And they called up the reserve team. Some of the the A team members did return, but for the most part, those players that went on strike were were dismissed. And Spain basically won with their not preferred team, which made it all the more amazing that they got this far. So, all that being said, the coach. Now, now when you put it in perspective, Dan. A coach was given a team of reserves, and somehow, okay. in, in a few weeks, well, huh? no, Phil. The reason that it was the reserves was kind of because of the coach as well. So no, but ruining my story, Dan. Dan, ruining my job. Apparently, they they say that first of all that he's not a great manager. He was quite oppressive, and he was very like. Uh, tough and whatever, whatever. And also he was using a very outdated management system and uh, they were not given the right resources they need. And uh, they were doing all kinds of things like taking bus rides really far away where they should really have been taking plane rides and stuff like that. So yeah, it was, it was really a mess. So yeah, I mean, you're right. It is quite amazing that they actually won the world cup. Mm. It is indeed. So it's an inspiring anyway. story. I mean, one, I cannot wait to watch this inspiring movie. You know what I mean? The underdogs. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Directed by Woody Allen, <laughs> starring... Uh... We think when it gets to play the end of this federation, uh, Smoke, <laughs> it, 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 won't, it, it won't even be uh, an actor. It'll be the character Smoke from the last three, <laughs> well, the last two Star Wars movies. <laughs> or Emperor Palpatine if, his, if Smoke is unavailable. <laughs> Snoke, right? Snoke. Or or, or 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 what's his name? They'll get Mel Gibson. Sure he'd take it up. Anyway, anyway, yeah, so that's that's uh that's a story from uh things that we've discussed in the past. There's a couple of stories that uh are available to be discussed today. Um look, you know, we 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 are training up our manager. He's getting better at selecting stories. Mm-hmm. But you know, every now and again, a story comes in and you're like, uh, is this really something you want to spend a lot of time on? Let me let me, let me let you, the listener, hear what this story is. And then uh, you can judge for yourselves as something that we should spend a lot of time on. Of course, it's worth mentioning, I would think. If you will recall, several months ago, we spoke about an AI-generated song um, that was starring a fake Drake and uh, fake The Weeknd, a.k.a. Drake and The Weeknd. <laughs> uh, it was called Heart on My Sleeve. 
and we spoke about how it was almost imperceptible that it was uh, concocted by AI. It really sounded like Drake and The Weeknd. Meanwhile, they're not the ones who made it. It was uh, AI-trained voices that were made to sound like them. That track even charted, and it was a whole thing because it went on streaming, and na na na. Anyway, it turns out that that song has been submitted to the 2024 Grammy Awards, mm. and not only has it been submitted, it's a valid submission because the writer of that song is human. Not necessarily, because another Allegedly. caveat is the song has to be distributed um, widely. It hasn't got radio. I think, it, okay, it did get radio play, but not program radio play, and it hasn't had any copies mm. sold. So it might be tricky. So anyway, I bring it up to say that, I mean, it's an interesting little tidbit, but I, I don't imagine we'd be spending a lot of time talking about this. I suppose we are your tech ombudsman and music industry ombudsman. <laughs> so this is a, a nice, it's like a nice intersection of those two. But I mean, there isn't really that much to say. Um, actually, um, Recording Academy executive Harvey Mason Jr. said, even though it meets the criteria, uh, because it was written by a human, it, quote, or rather, it uh, does. It must meet the requirement of having commercial availability and, quote, the broad release of a recording available nationwide via brick-and-mortar stores, third-party online retailers, and or streaming services. So the fact that it's not really available on such means it might not qualify. So anyway, a little bit of interesting news for you. I suppose it can count as a follow-up from previous episodes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, there, there were people reacting and uh, drawing a through line between this and the the writer strike because of um, TV, TV studios uh, threatening to use AI to write scripts. I'm not too sure that those are directly related, but I need to give it a little more time to process and mull over. I do think there are dangers to AI, but I, I don't think this is one of them because this is a system of AI where someone wrote, well, hopefully he wrote the song as is like he, he that that was the generation of his own mind, and all he did was he used an AI tool to impersonate the artists. Um, and in that respect, I mean, artists are already doing that to some degree. Like auto tune is, is is a form of, of 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 of, I would say, machine assistance. Um, to use a very broad term, we've been using it already. It's just a, a different way. If we can find a way to use AI as a tool to help us create better art, I'm all for it. I don't think people should be panicking the way they are. I mean, there are probably writers that are already doing that, right? Mm. As in assistive tool, maybe as a, a a way to prompt ideas or to find the right words that might rhyme in particular situations or whatever the oh, case is. Oh, speaking of, have, have you seen uh, that but, yeah. Google tool? Um, let me put it, the one that Lupe Fiasco was part of. Have you, have you used it? Oh, it's amazing. No, let, I, I let have me, not. Let me, let, me, let me bring it up just so you know what it is. But While you bring it up, there's a Zimbabwean doing it big that I forgot oh, to mention. Oh, nice. Um, Mokumba, oh. this past week, reached number one on the uh, European world music charts with their, uh, with their album, Tusona, Tracings in the Sand. Guys, I was actually in a, in a meeting with, with Alex, um, the, the manager, and he just happened to say that they, the vinyls are flying off the shelves. So they're doing... Yeah, they're, yeah no, congratulations to Mokumba. You know what, they... they they don't get as much celebration in Zim as they seem to get outside of Zim. So congratulations to you guys. Amazing. Anyway, I think, yes, in my opinion, the, the, best, the best live performance you'll ever see in Zim is Mokumba. They are amazing live. Absolutely amazing. Yes, it's called uh, Text FX with Google. It's an amazing tool. You should check it out. Like, you can put in a word, 
you can it can create like an expansion it can tell you similes it can tell you rhyming words you can break it down by syllable it's really dope so even as like if just a general writer it's a little it's a great great tool to use is it for is it for songwriters yeah so like he he basically like in the demo video he's like I'm rhyming and then you'll you'll do like a line and then be like mm, what word rhymes with this or what can I use so you'll insert the line and then it'll suggest different ways you can take it like with the next line okay okay all right let me see if I can I can I can put together something quickly oh here. boy here we go um. And once again, this is a great way for our listeners to be involved. Listeners love live demos <laughs> of a tool they cannot see. Yeah, but I, I want to see if, okay, I, okay, you know what? I need to spend a little bit of time with it because I think it's alliteration. I, oh, okay, there's a different tools here. Okay, I'm seeing, I'm seeing, I'm seeing, yeah, similes, explode. I need, okay, cool. I'll play with it and see what it is. Next week, Phil, we'll have, we'll write a rap song about our podcast. Mm. So on my, using this on tool. the alliteration tool, I entered poop. And it said poop starting with an A, acid, af- amphetamine, <laughs> a- amyl nitrate, anal, antacid, anus. What is going on right now? Artichoke, ashtray, ashcan, never know that. And then a synonym. Never mind. This, this experiment is canceled. <laughs> um, check it out yourselves, guys. We are not going to be doing that. Yeah. Okay, I just did a I just did a, um an acronym for poop. And it gives me pop out our products bars. That's actually dope. Mm, People order our very products. Nice. Precious organic organic production. Oh wait, 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 wait. Let's oh wait, I can't do it the other way. I I wanted to see if I could reverse engineer um 2BT. <laughs> anyway, moving on. All right, Phil, can I can I can I just take you to the other side of NRZ of the of the of railway the, line to NRZ? Of, of the Janji. You want to take me to the other side of the Janji? Yeah. So look, we everyone lives in their bubbles. Phil, we're in our own bubble. Uptown Twitter, as it were, even though we may not necessarily be fully uptown ourselves, you know. Uh, diaspora Twitter, you know, those are the circles we play in. But there's a whole other world of social media and there's something that was training this week from that world that uh, somehow made it across the railway lines to my attention. And uh, mm. it is, I just want to, I want to hear your quick take on it. So here's the alleged story. I haven't had time to 100% um, verify every single fact in this. So I'm going to, I'm going to start off with that caveat. So there is uh, a guy who does skits. Mm-hmm. Uh, on social media, uh, and uh, what he does uh, apparently, I don't know if he does this all the time, but there was this one particular video where he approaches some girl uh, in the neighborhood that they in, and then he says, "I will pay you five dollars to kiss me for one minute on camera." So she thinks about it for a bit, and you know, there's a little bit of negotiating. And then she's like, "Okay, cool." So he gives her five bucks. Wait, what are they negotiating? So, so what are the final terms of this agreement? Phil, I, she was, I think she was just like, ah, I don't know. Ah. And then he was like, just one minute. It's like, um, $5. Yeah. That's, you know, there's a back and forth there. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the, the, the report is that that particular video went viral. Mm-hmm. And 
as you can expect, people were calling her all kinds of names, right? I'm sure they were all positive because people are understanding and, and considerate in this time of, of, the, of history. The story is that um, this led her to take her own life. Good Lord. So now the big furor over on that side of social media is, was it this guy's fault? His name is Archford, I think. Um, again, like I've said, I have not verified any of this. It's just a trending conversation on social media. I don't know these people. I don't even know where to look to verify it. But this is the story that's happening uh, on social media. This sounds so elitist when I'm talking about that side of social you, media. But you, I think you no, guys know what Dan, I mean. that's, that's actually really messed up. Why would you do that? Be, be accommodated. It may be messed up, but let's be real. I'm not watching a video where someone offers five bucks to kiss someone. Like, that's not... Anyway. <laughs> so, um, this guy, this Archford guy, then uh, he put out a video. I have the video here. Uh, I'm not going to play it. Uh, it's an eight-minute long video where he's justifying himself. In this video, he seems to confirm that it's true that this girl took her life, uh, but he doesn't feel like it was his own fault. Uh, he says, a lot of people seem to hold me responsible. Uh, and then he says that this really affected him, that he also, uh, according to him, felt very emotional and said, I had considered committing suicide myself following the recriminations against me. Uh, I don't know. Um, but then now he, he's, he's on the space where he says, it's not my fault. I'm just making content and et cetera, et cetera. Obviously, there's so much to unpack um, and it's an in, in entirely different context. Um, it's a. It's obvious we're talking about a much less internationally exposed audience. So you know, there's certain nuances that are Dad, not so very elitist, easy to put bro. across here. They're on the internet. I, Don't you mean they're not internationally exposed? Come on, bro. Phil, you can say that as much as you want, but you know exactly. What I'm talking about. Ah, Daddy, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You can say, ah, Dan, Gigi. You can sit there and say, ah, oh, ah, oh, no. Guys, we know what I, we, we, we know what time we're on right now. We know what time we're on right now. It is what it is. But the reason I say that, the reason I, I bring that up is because my initial response and reaction is this is all so stupid. I mean... I don't even want to talk about the implications of I'll pay you $5 to kiss me on camera. What that, the, the implications of that are, you know, someone who is a, a much, a much larger vocabulary than I do can, can be able to explain that. But it just, it just highlighted to me how, how messed up the world is because of social media. Everything from the, the initial video why that video is even popular, why it would go viral, why someone would even agree, why would someone even think about doing it, why they would agree to doing it, why people would, would watch it so much that it becomes viral and they would react with all kinds of vitriol and why people obviously get affected to that level and why it's become a whole story in itself. I, you know what? Once upon a time, mm. um, cigarette smoking was widely viewed as normal. It was your own personal decision. People did it to enjoy themselves, to look cool. At some point, regulation had to come in. 
because it was harmful. I'm telling you now that a few years from now, we're going to look back and there's going to be some serious regulation on social media because it is clearly harmful. Dad, you sound like such an old angry man. The moment you got married, what happened? Did you age like 20 years? What happened, Dad? Don't get me wrong. I am just, I, I'm on social media. I'm on all the socials. I even check threads Don't once get in a while. me wrong. I like the blacks. I even have a black friend. <laughs> I still be trolling on, to, I even have a Twitter troll account. It's not a harmful one. It's a football one. But clearly it's messed up, man. It's so messed up. Dad is so upset by this. Okay, let's hear your story. I've just told you this story, Philip. But do I don't. I, well, I don't know if it's, it's been confirmed. I think definitely. I mean, I do believe social media is being harmful. Am I sure? I want some form of government legislation or government restriction around it. Mm, I'm not too sure. That I'm not too sure. I do definitely like uh, someone who like who suffers from mental health. I do see the benefit of not being on social media. Like it's it's very distracting. It's very addictive. Like, whenever I try to do my offline Sundays, just that alone, by the end of the Sunday, I feel amazing. And, and I'd love to, to do it long for more, but you got to be on social media sometimes. So it's, 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 it's tough. But that being said, if someone did lose their life, I think, and it was because of this video, I think it would be um, irresponsible and a little cruel um, and I'm not going to mention his name because let's just say, right now let's just assume it's speculation. It, if, unless it's confirmed, I don't want to put that on anyone, right? But even in the event of that hypothetical playing out or that situation playing out or this story being true, if you did record it, you, your excuse can't just be, hey, I'm just making content. I'm not responsible. There's cause and effect. Actions that you undertook cause harm there's no way you're planning this out in your head right the whole reason you're giving this person money is because you understand there's a social price to pay there is social capital there is there's risk to someone's um what's the, what's the word i'm looking for to their reputation to how they're seen to the to the friends and family who see that video that's why you're offering the money and they weigh in their minds like yo is the the shame or the insult, or the, the social castigation, worth the $5. This person made a decision, and the results were what they made, or what they were. But if you're offering the money, you know that there's a cost to it. So you can't then say, I'm not responsible. When you've already done the, the arithmetic in your head, you've already done that calculus to be like, I need to pay these people because there's a risk to this. So you have to be somewhat responsible. Now, is it is it is it possible for you to do a full mental health check of someone and say hey or or walk them through the risks and say like hey before i record this do you understand that this this and this and this and this might happen or there might even be a circumstance that i don't even predict happening like the video going viral and now everyone in your family has seen it and you might have dealt with with, with stuff i don't even understand no so you can't be held liable for that but you should at least take some form of ownership in in, in the result of the actions I I yield my yeah. time. I, I I don't know if I I somewhat agree with you, but I, I don't know if I I would say I would say let me put it this way. I would say it is it is mature and moral to take a look at the situation and realize that someone's someone's life 
was allegedly again someone's life was allegedly lost because of the situation maybe who knows maybe maybe we have zero information about what's really going on but based on what i see in front of us if someone's life was lost because of this surely you should introspect and see how you can uh try to make sure that doesn't happen again and at the same time uh, you know you have to feel some 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 form of remorse surely but i don't know if responsibility necessarily rests on you i might argue actually that um uh, actually i don't know i i'm i'm 50-50 on it uh let me give it a, let me give it some quick thought okay <laughs> if if you are just if you are just the drug dealer you do have some responsibility no but if that person but that's overdoses. that's slightly different because as a drug dealer a it's illegal b you understand that drugs have an inherent risk i don't think unless you give it a lot of thought there's a lot, a lot of people just see quite and they're like yo i want to do that oh i can do that that's funny i wouldn't mind doing that and they don't they don't think nor is it even widely shared that these could be the possible risk like societally as you like with the example of smoking it's like with smoking perfect actually smoking is a perfect example in the 70s right as early as the 40s doctors were saying mm, smoking doesn't seem to have the greatest of side effects or the greatest health benefits but you guys are adults just take it uh, and know the risks. And I think that's, at that point, is where we can draw the analogy here, where it's like, social media, we know that there's risks to it, but we can't really weigh how bad they are. But everyone, as an adult, now has the, the right or the ability to make a decision as to how much social media they can consume, even though it's addictive. So, or even just cre- creating content on social media, trying to be a star on social media. So I don't think... Um, likening him to that a drug dealer's fair. But anyway, please continue. Okay. Uh, smoking actually is a great example. You're right. The other one is a little bit more intense, but I think the principle still kind of remains the same. If the tobacco companies knew that this is harmful, like people are going to die if they use our products, but for the sake of profit, we're going to continue selling. And in fact, we're going to do our best to try and hide those harmful effects. Without maybe without necessarily um, outright lying, but we're going to try and skew things. We're going to hire lobbyists. We're going to make sure that our advertising is in such a way that it hides some of these effects, so that we can try get people hooked as early as possible. Surely those tobacco companies hold a level of responsibility for the deaths of people who smoked of their own volition and of their own choice, even though they were adults and made those decisions themselves. I, obviously, they don't hold full responsibility. I think I happen to believe that. We hold responsibility for ourselves. So whatever decision I make as an adult, I hold the responsibility for. But I also, at the same time, can't gently nudge someone in the way of or in the direction of harm and say, oh, no, <laughs> look, that was your decision. Surely I, I have a responsibility to my fellow man to also try to hopefully help them where I can. So I do, to a certain extent, say that it's not, again, if this is really a death that was because of this, it's not his fault, nor is it his responsibility. But he does hold a certain level, a small level of responsibility. A small amount, I would say. Not the majority of it, but to a certain extent. I agree with you there. Anyway. I agree with you there. So, but yeah, um, I think, and in this instance, the tobacco companies are Zuckerberger. I think the content Mm. creators are the the retailers, you know, the the sell the mogul. In this case, it's more like, you know, those guys on the street that sell the Lucy's. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, um, 
Moving over to CBD Twitter. <laughs> ah, yeah, this is the elitist episode. Jesus, Louise did. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, this one is not about being elite. This is literally because this story happened in the CBD. So we had a little bit of a discussion about this in the in the in the group. I thought I'd just uh, touch on it a little bit. So if you don't live in Zimbabwe or perhaps you don't pay that much attention to Zimbabwe news, you may not know about this story. But probably if you are in Zim, you've heard of this story. Um, Zimbabwe is facing a uh, serial killer situation. Long story short, um, last week, reports started circulating that there were uh, a number of uh, homeless people in the CBD of Harare in, in town who had been killed and it seemed in a very weird and ritualistic circumstances because they were missing body parts, et cetera, et cetera. Um, This past week, we received news from the police who put out an official statement that they had arrested someone um, in connection with that who himself also happened to be homeless. He's only 20 years old. Um, He's apparently originally from Bulawayo where he's also connected to three other murders in Bulawayo. So it brings up to a total of eight murders that he's connected to, um, which is wild. The story itself is extremely, and this is not even like some, this is from the official police report that was put on social media. You know, on those, on those uh, police reports that get taken pictures of or scanned, mm. not the ones where you just upload the soft copy. But anyway, um, the story says that the suspect has been linked to three murder cases in Bloweo and the five here in Harare. He apparently crushed victims' heads using a brick Jesus. when he found them asleep or drunk. Um, it's so gruesome, bro. Yeah, and uh, apparently the the story, even according to that police report, was uh, that he was committing some form of cannibalism. It's such a gruesome, wild story, and the world is obviously obsessed with serial killers. It's a, it's a huge, the biggest, even podcasting, the biggest genre of podcasting is crime serials, most often following serial killers. Um, Netflix might even be licking their lips at this one. Poor choice of words, Dad. That was poor choice of words, Dad. Yeah, was I, I, I heard, I heard it as I said it. I heard it as I said it. Sure. Anyway, this is an extremely horrific story. I just wanted to bring it to your attention. You know, whenever you think about serial killers, you think of it as an American thing because it certainly feels like an American thing. That's like wild. Damn, that's serial. <laughs> Americans are right? <laughs> Which country has had the most serial killers? Just quickly asking Google. Okay. Up to 2023, United States has had the most documented serial killers in the world. 3,204. England is sitting at number two. Phil, can you guess what their number is? So you said 3,000 for America. 3,204 is America, yeah. So for England, I'm guessing 750. Number two is 166, England. (laughs) America number one. America (laughs) number one. Look, if you wanted to be world champions at something, um, interestingly enough, number three is South Africa with 117 documented serial killers. Of course, remember, this is documented. Maybe there's many countries that don't have documented, but with this kind of difference, that's insane. That's insane. I know when America wants to become a market leader, they will make sure. Mm. That's actually insane. Yo. Anyway. Yeah. So my point is, this is a really wild story. Serial killer in Zim. Yo. 
wild stuff. Uh, and you brought anyway, your wife to this country. This. I saved her from South Africa, number three in the world. <laughs> so. <laughs> yo, life is the ghetto. Yo, can you imagine <laughs> that? Like, yo, what happened? Yo, I left the hellhole that is South Africa. You know, the load shedding, serial murders, the threat th- th- of rape, the crime. Oh, thank God. And where did you move to? Zimbabwe. <laughs> yeah anyway so going back to uh just just to quickly wrap up the story that i had about uh about um the serial killer um i i was having this conversation with crims actually and i was like i was trying to figure out Killing a per like just killing I, I don't mean it's a fight, you lose control or whatever. Just killing a person over and over again. That's not a small thing. No, bro. That, like, that's a dark place mentally, bro. That's what I is like is he completely unaware? There's obviously some mental health discussions, I would imagine. Or is he just completely dead to it? I it's such a I can't wrap my head around it. Mm. Sure. Anyway, I don't, I don't know. let's not dwell on this because I, I was going to say like I was trying I was going to try and and figure out like some kind of understanding of exactly what is their mental state, but th- maybe that's not a maybe that's not a, a a path that we should really be treading down. I don't think so, Dan. I don't think so at all. Anyway, let's move on. Ah. Shout out Flavor in the UK. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> um, wow, Dan. He leaves the station, and this is how you say goodbye. Technically, he hasn't officially left the station. He's still working with us <laughs> remotely. I just mean, why Why are we discussing the fact that DJ Flavor is now in the UK? Because, Shout out to Flavor. I, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming stuff. Crimson is looking for... Why did we skip over this bigger story? Which one is that? Oh, sorry. Sorry. Yeah, that's my bad. This is the actual story we should be discussing. <clears throat> Ah, so uh, imagine our consternation when we heard this week that... Uh, Sean Diddy, Puff Daddy, Combs. Um, brother Love. Uh, love Brother. What? Brother yeah, Love. Whatever, yeah. Puffy. Yeah, he, he, we heard the news that he is reassigning the publishing rights of Bad Boy Records, uh, the catalog, to the individual artists and songwriters um, as part of the, the label's 30th, music an- 30th anniversary. So this is huge because basically it means all the artists that were under the label that he obviously has been taking a, a publishing monies from will now be going to either the artists or to the artists' estates in the case of uh, artists like Notorious B.I.G. But other artists like Faith Evans, Mace, etc., etc., they're now going to be earning their own monies. Uh, everyone was like, wait, did you say Diddy? D- as in Sean Combs? Really? <laughs> Understand? <laughs> Phil, you were you were you were raring to go. You was like, oh, you couldn't wait to talk about this one. Let's hear. What's up? Yeah. Let's hear. <laughs> <laughs> so I think let me let me give some back some backstory. Obviously, Diddy having the the rights, um, especially the publishing rights to to the the uh, the music of these artists has been a long standing issue. <clears throat> He's been called out for it a couple of times. Um, Craig Mack called him out, Loon called him out, Shine called him out, 
I'm pretty sure Faith Evans might have called him out. I'm not too sure. I think Mar- uh, Mary J. Blige managed to get her rights back, if I'm not mistaken. <clears throat> Danity Kane. I mean, it, Dave Chappelle. It's, it, <laughs> it's a long, long, long list. <laughs> and most recently, you remember Diddy uh, spoke about the blackout at the the Grammys like two years ago when he had they had the dinner mm. pre Grammys and he was talking about like how. Black artists need to band together to call these people to task, etc., etc. And then Mace was like, "Excuse me, you're speaking of the black excellence and the unity and the so forth, but I've been offering you money. I think he said he'd offered him as much as two million dollars to to buy back his publishing, and you told him no. And then Diddy went back on the Breakfast Club, I think after that, and he explained himself and he said, dude." He actually owes me $4 million because there's an album I paid him for, plus the publishing rights aren't worth $2 million. They're worth a lot more than that, so you should give me an offer that is um, equivalent to their value. And this was a little before just yet. Yeah, it was just during the time when music rights um, started becoming like a hot commodity, even a financial instrument, when people were selling their rights for ridiculous amounts of money. So that, that's, always over, that's always hung over Diddy's head. And then obviously he brought this up. And even I was asking myself questions. I was like, hmm, this is interesting. Um, because the, the headline makes it seem like he's just giving it for free. But that's not the case because this story first came to light initially a week ago when Cameron posted on his Instagram. I don't know if you know Dan. Cameron and Mace also have a sports talk show similar to First Take with Stephen A. Smith. Um, and, we, and, and, and he said that we've got to take this week off because Mace has to go sort out his publishing with Diddy. Um, the headline makes it seem like Diddy just gave these people their publishing back for free, which doesn't necessarily seem to be the case. It looks like they're buying their rights back, which is fine. <clears throat> but then after digging deeper, and, and someone mentioned it in a comment and I looked into it, there's an interesting thing called the, the Copyright Act of 1978 in America, Dan. Uh, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yes, you say I love nerding stuff up? <laughs> and um, further to that, um, I've actually been hearing a few artists speaking about this anecdotally recently, especially artists from our childhood. And essentially, after that act, um, after 35 years, the um, original artist, original composer, has the ability to re- regain the rights to their composition. Obviously, it's, it's, a little com- it's a little more complex than that, and... Case law isn't fully resolved on the issue, but it's almost, in some instances, to not have to go to court, some people just um, just get their rights returned to them. Some of these songs that Diddy is so graciously returning are turning dirty, Dad, which means in a few years, Diddy would have been dealing with a, a swath of court cases of people trying to reacquire their rights. There's also the fact that we're so old, bro. Um, Dan, as I'm sure you in marketing, you're familiar with the long tail. In marketing, the long tail essentially means that when when something comes out, when it launches, it's at its peak. And then the the as we proceed along the x-axis, the value on the y-axis slowly decreases. The longer your tail is, the longer it's going to be before it reaches zero. But for most songs, even the classics, the older they get, the less they get played. The less they get played means the, the less they can be exploited, which means the lower the value of the copyright. So it's almost like Didi realizing that the potential value of this asset was now dwindling 
and he might gain more in the PR slash not the head having the headache of going to court. He's like, yeah, okay, fine, she's today. I've now milked them. Have, have any of the artists said anything about it? Nope. And I'm pretty sure there's an NDAs in all the agreements. Galoo. <laughs> Coming out the wazoo. Yeah, no. It's a dirty business, huh? Dirty business. Mm, dirty, dirty money. He told us. He told us. Right from the <laughs> beginning, he was telling us. Very interesting. Well, it's very. I, I wonder. I wonder if it's going to affect um, his own earnings or at least his own value very much. I don't think that much. I think. I, I think it. It might have. The catalog might have been seen as a speculative asset that assigned some value to his net worth. Because once again, we don't really know his actual net worth. It's all just thumb sucking. So people will be like, you know, what? Diddy owns the Bad Boy catalog. Mm, we think it's worth this much because this is how much. People are paying for similar catalogs, blah, 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 blah. And then they tack that onto whatever his value is. But that's an ego number. The actual number is, is, mm. is, is what you, your accountant tells you you're worth. No, or Forbes tells you worth. So did you know better? Fascinating stuff. Well, we should be keeping a close eye and we should let you know as your ombudsman. Um, music business. Um, you know, one of the people that we've been paying attention to on this podcast is Uncle Waffles. Uncle Waffles has had a meteoric rise from a um, viral video at what was admittedly her first ever real gig to now being one of the biggest names in South African entertainment. Mm-hmm. Well, um, the story is that uh, Uncle Waffles uh, has partnered up with KFC. And she now has her own exclusive I'm burger. actually upset I missed the opportunity to get this because they were out and I forgot. I actually wanted to go get it and I forgot. Why? What? Why, why did I forget? Why did I want to try it? No, why do you... you okay, I suppose for science, no, Just you know? to try, man. It's just like, okay. It's chicken and waffles. I've had them before. I like it. Yeah, but I mean, just order that. <laughs> anyway. Um... I don't know. I, okay, I will. I will give. I'm going. I'm planning on going uh, down in a couple of weeks. I'll, if if uh, if we if we are still interested by then, then I'll give a taste to it. Mm. I I I have a somewhat. I have somewhat mixed feelings towards these kind of brand deals. You know, when a big brand like McDonald's, KFC, whatever, whatever partners with a celebrity, they create something which probably already exists, and they just brand it after that person's name. I hope they earn a lot of money for it. But at the same time, like, the, the flip side of that is making your own. Did you hear the whole story about Mr. Beast and the Mr. Beast burger? Uh, yes, because he, he took the, the, the restaurant, uh, as he was now a tender. He was taking it to tender, which was yeah, terrible. That's what it had been ever since it started. So the whole idea was you just follow the recipe, you make it, you could sell it wherever you are, even if it's McDonald's. Obviously, it wouldn't be McDonald's. It would be the individual restaurants. So it's not like he was the, he was not even the source of the ingredients. He was not the source of, it was just, here's the ingredients and here's the branding. You can now sell it. That was obviously doomed to fail because it could be a terrible chef with terrible ingredients and your brand. Not, not even that you got no consistency of ingredients. The bun you get in one location, not going to be bun you get in another location. Yeah. So anyway, it didn't work out for him um, because basically he was now suing the restaurants because they were selling something that was not representative of what he was supposed to be. And then, you know, they are also like, 
hitting back at him saying, hey, bruh, <laughs> we followed what you told us to do and that's what we did. It is what it is. Anyway, so clearly that didn't quite work out for him. And I would not, I don't know, when, if I think about it, I would not really recommend that style of, of, um, of business. Like maybe start your own, no, I don't know. I don't know the best way to, to, to do it. I've never been in that side of the world. But anyway, um, I'll let you know how that Uncle Waffles burger tastes. Mm. Um, oh, Zimbabwe is going to be competing in uh, Miss Universe. Ooh. Whom's just going? But it's a whole thing. We have 12 finalists uh, from which Zimbabwe's representative for Miss Universe will be selected. Wait, so, so uh, Dan, this sounds like Miss... a normal pageant that happens every year. What the, what, what's happening? It is a normal pageant that happens every year, but Zimbabwe has not been in the Miss Universe competition for the past, I don't know how many wait, years. But so this wait, but did a... we leave the solar system? What do you mean? What happened? <laughs> Clearly, we were viewed as not part of the universe. I don't know. If it, you, know you, know how, so, you know how Zimbabwe was kicked out of African competitions because our stadiums were not up to standard. Uh-huh. So I think our, our assets <laughs> to be representing Zimbabwe... <laughs> that, that is a fitting <laughs> That is offending everyone this week. Yo, 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 yo. All I'm saying is maybe our stadiums were not up to standard and it's only this year that we managed to clean house, get some people cleaned up and some... Anyway, uh, I did have a look at the 12 finalists. Uh, Maybe it was for academic purposes. And, uh, you know, some strong strong candidates there. Some strong candidates. Um... (laughs) <laughs> one or two uh, who would you know, say is the strongest candidate Dan one or two kids of the system were in the mix there so that should be interesting um, who are you talking who about who would Dan? I say is the strongest candidate that I'll, I'll tell you I can see <laughs> I can see but I mean there's a couple of strong candidates mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. yeah I mean you know Couple of strong candidates. Who would I say is the strongest? Okay, let me let me take a look. Uh, I don't know who I would say is the strongest, but definitely up there. Um, Audrey looking fire, Yamikani looking fire, Noliwe looking fire. Then is just uh, thinking all of them now, basically. Stacy looking fire. What do you think there? What do you think of Brook Brook Phil? Of Brook Brook. Hold on, let me bring up. Let me seriously. <laughs> oh, Brook Brook. Um, she looks great. She looks lovely. Yeah. I, I think her representing Zimbabwe at Miss Universe will be amazing. I, I, I really want, actually, I actually would enjoy seeing that. <laughs> I would enjoy seeing that. That would be very, it would be interesting. But I must say, anyway, I'm glad that our stadiums have been renovated and now we qualify to meet the minimum international standards and to to enter the Miss Universe competition. Um, as, I, I, as I'd, like to, remi- I'd of... like to remind all the Zimbabwean women listening to this and being offended. <laughs> Dan ignored all of you and went to one of the furthest points from Zimbabwe in South Africa and, and picked someone there. Just a, just a heads up. Just letting y'all know. That's where he is. Look, I mean, if, if Dan is saying this and Miss Universe is saying this, maybe it's time for us to look in. No, don't be silly, guys. Of course. All y'all, all y'all look amazing. It's just you're refusing to enter the competition. So what are the organizers supposed to do? Mm-hmm. Um, a very interesting conversation came up in our, in our Patreon group, Phil. 
that uh, might be worth a quick discussion on here. Yeah. Especially for those who are not part of our Patreon group, by the way, if you want to be part of some of these discussions, all you got to do is go to twobroketwimbos.com forward slash donate. Um, subscribe to our Patreon. It's just minimum $5 a month. You can increase it a little bit more than that. You can be part mm, of some of these discussions. That's so but true. here was a... Let me let me tell you where it started, uh-huh. all right? So, long story short, someone posted on Twitter a post about people in the diaspora. Uh-huh. Let me let me read the tweet directly to you so that so that you get a little bit of context. Dan, breaking sorry, Dan, why do you do this? You know, we're number five in Ghana right now. <laughs> Very nice. We're killing the game in these streets. Killing the game in these streets. Okay. <clears throat> So here's what happened. Someone, someone on Twitter wrote that a friend moved to the UK with his family last year in June. Yesterday, he phoned back telling me that he's coming back to Zimbabwe. And that sparked a whole conversation. That, oh, coming back to Zimbabwe. Why do you think he's coming back to Zimbabwe? People are now saying their thoughts about living in Zimbabwe, living outside of Zimbabwe, et cetera, et cetera. Someone else then says, this is Blatau. This isn't true for everyone, but I feel like some Zimbabweans lack the work ethic required to make it in the diaspora. Zim is very chill and lax plus Madiri. Here you have uh, uh, Kuno, basically meaning diaspora. You have to work and you have to pay your taxes. Ukajaira dysfunction is Zim, working in organized economies, Ronets. So we were just having a discussion on this, uh, on this take in our, in our group. And I wanted to share a little bit of that discussion with you, our listeners. Just give you a little bit of taste of what happens in the group and perhaps you can join us. So obviously we have a few people in the diaspora over there and a few people here in Zim and they were giving their different takes. So... Uh, uh, one of our members here says, I can't speak for the UK, but I feel like I have a better work-life balance compared to when I worked in Zim. I feel like my efforts equal my reward. Yes, living in Zim can be more fun. That made me raise my eyebrow. But only if you don't get sick and live with your parents and the economy doesn't fluctuate. My apartment is small and I cycle versus when I drove in Zim, but stability is valuable. Uh, others say, not sure about other countries, but uh, here your rewards are directly related to your efforts. It's really a mixed bag. I've seen Zimbos come out here and take full advantage. And I've seen others obviously also struggle. So this is very fascinating to me because this is something that Phil and I have spoken about before, especially when we're looking to hire, that the way things work in Zim is very, it's, it's not, um, how do I put this diplomatically? Um, we don't do things properly. Mm-hmm. We don't do things properly here. We we are very cool with Madidi. Just figure it out. Do the bare minimum. And there's, there's various reasons for that, all right? This is not necessarily a criticism. The reason I say that is because, hey, man, we went through 2008 and then we went through 2000. And, or actually, it's now happened multiple times where your money has devalued very quickly. So a saving culture doesn't exist. The culture of building doesn't necessarily exist. It's, I think it's sort of built within many of us a culture of get as much as you can right now. Don't be thinking about long-term. This is why sometimes it feels like everyone's trying to scam everyone. No one is trying to build like um, customer bases and brand recognition because who knows what's going to happen tomorrow. So I need to get as much as possible right now. Same with formal employment. I think a lot of people look at their salaries and they're like, what's the point? So what's the point of me putting any effort in? In fact, I'm going to Basa so that I can use the internet to do my side hustles. Obviously, that's not everyone, nor am I saying that's necessarily you, but I think there's a general, and this is anecdotally, there's a general mindset and a lot of people to think that way. Now, if all of a sudden you get into an economy where everything's organized, uh, everything is measured, and everything is is uh, analyzed, and there's, there's a, a proper progression of how things are done, you might struggle because you're used to your very fast and loose way of doing things back home in Zim. One example that I can think of is 
Um, and, and, and it's very apparent to me, obviously, having married someone who's not from Zim. When we are making pl- money plans, the idea of taking a loan out doesn't even exist in my general psyche. Because that's just not generally a thing that, that happens. in them. But that's such a normal credit, taking loans. It's a, that's a normal day-to-day part of life for most people of the world, like, you know, people in most parts of the world. So I think now when you're in that environment, when you're used, obviously everyone can adapt, but in, initially, I wonder if it's very different. And I would like to say, um, if you are listening to this right now and you're out in the diaspora, I would love to hear your experiences. Did you find the culture shock or the shock of moving to this new space? Was it something that you were very easily able to take to? Was there too much difference or was there not too much difference between how things are done professionally, business-wise and so on uh, in, in whatever country you move to versus to being in Zim? I'd love to hear your takes on that. You as well, Philip, what do you think? Um, I don't think you're wrong. Um, I, I definitely do think that Zim is a, is, is, it's a tough environment to be in for a lot of reasons. And for, and for that, a lot of people, sometimes they're literally at work just to have access to what being at work provides them. And it's not salary. It's access to Madiri, as you, you've already mentioned. Mm. I do think there's, there's a lot of people who, and you and I have many conversations where we're just like, I don't understand how this person has this job. Because there's no checks mm. and balances. Um, it's very difficult um, to have a meritocracy in, a, in an economy this uneven. When you've got 90% unemployment, it's, now it, it's no longer about what you know, it's about who you know and, and what you can offer. The person hiring you, not necessarily the company. So I think yeah. you're right. But I do also think leaving Zim is so much of a boom for you to get to a point where you've moved your family out there and you've dealt with the stress of visa applications, relocation, all that, having your kids settle, having your family settle, having your wife, whatever. I don't know who moved. Was it him or the wife? Because like, if he moved in, the wife has to find a job, mm. has, to, has to find something. She has to find a whole new friend group. All that. Now you, you've mm. dealt with all that. And 12 months in, you're just going to throw in the towel. I'm like, oh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure it's because that. I'm pretty sure it's because we got Zingwak Basa. Of course. <laughs> and they were like, run away and never return. Or else we're going to open a docket on you. So obviously, obviously every situation is different and some countries are different. But a lot of conversations I've had with people that, were, that work outside in other places of the world. One of the things that I'm often told is life is very slow paced in Zim compared to other places. So here it's very possible that you can have a braai uh, or you can, you know, you go out on Friday, on Saturday, you're having a braai with the maids. On Sunday, you're going to go out to the lake. On Monday, you're going to get into work a little bit late because you drank too much the previous day. And then on Tuesday, you're going to leave work early yeah. because you're going to go watch the game. Like that's, but, that's somewhat feasible to think of in Zim. And the idea in other countries, that is impossible. So here's, a, here's another thing that I also don't want us to, to forget or look over is, what you've mentioned is the reality for a very, very, very small. Yeah. And it's a small section of a very small population. Because keep in mind, we've said there's 90% unemployment, right? Right. We've also discussed, mm. if even in a country with 90% unemployment, there are people who are employed, not even entry level, at middle management and sometimes even management positions, who are getting paid $500, maybe $800, right? 
That's even a good salary. You know, I, I, and that's my point. And those people don't have the luxuries you just, you just described. Some of those individuals have to hustle. Some of those people have to produce. They, some of these people are doing the jobs of two, sometimes three individuals. So they, they do have the work ethic. They do have the skill. Why do you think chartered accountants immediately, the moment after they do the articles, all of them, without guarantee, without, without failure, Zimbabwean chartered accountants leave. There's a reason why the first world keeps taking our chartered accountants. It's not because they're lazy. No, 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 Because we don't care about us. So, mm. you know what I mean? So, let's not just reduce it to that. There are also people, if you then went to them and said, listen, for the same job that you're doing in Zimbabwe for $500, you have the skill, you have the qualifications to go overseas and earn five times that much, six times, sometimes even 10 times that much. And you have that opportunity presented to you. And after a year, you're just like, guys, oh, so much work. You know, this work-life balance. Once again, speak of that other thing. What work-life balance do people have in Zim? And let's be realistic here. You leave, you leave home. You have to deal with traffic if you're driving to work. Let's say you stay in Ziorasekwa or you stay in, in Rua and you're driving to, to town every day. With the traffic, that's an, two to three hours dealing with traffic to and from work every day. You get home 7, 8 p.m. Akunama gets. Maybe you're lucky enough or privileged enough to have a generator and inverter, but you obviously you, you can't run the stove, you can't run the microwave. So you have to get some of a takeout. Oh, you're reheating food on the gas stove. You watch one or two series. You read a book or whatever. You go straight to bed. Oh, wait, before you go to bed, you have a bucket bath. If you're lucky, in warm water. Then you wake up the next morning. By the time you're up, my gets end up with it and you start all over again. And you tell him after dealing with that, you know, get to a, get in an environment where there's working public transportation, working taxis, access to Maggets, access to to fast food. Like, damn, I don't, I don't even spoke to you on the um, the podcast about it. I was like last week on my trip. I'm ordering from a. I'm in Durban, so I'm like, let me get some seafood, right? So I order a seafood platter. I overlooked the size of the seafood platter. I thought it was a seafood platter for like one person. I always know like, it's a little too small for me. So let me top it up. And I got some, um, some prawn crackers or something. I can't remember what they were, but it was a nice little prawn um, sushi, sushi-like uh, concoction. And those are like four pieces on their own. The, the sushi bowl comes. And I'm looking, also I'm looking at the price and I'm equating it to Zim. So I'm like, okay, you know what? The sushi platter, Queen of Hearts, you know, 25 Okay. This this thing here is ten dollars. So okay, that must be smaller than that one there. Bah. I ordered my total bill for Uber Eats, including drinks, including dessert, including the platter and the prawns, was eighteen dollars. And this platter oh. was a platter for three. I left so much food in that hotel, and that's twenty bucks. And that's just that's just a, a small microcosm of some of the benefits that you enjoy. When you are in a functional economy, and you tell me after after enduring all this, after overcoming that head, you get there and you're like, after a year, there's twelve months. Then January, February, March, April, May, June, July, August, September, December. The children haven't even written the exams yet. Like, ah, Jack, we're going back home. Ah, let's be honest with each other. Either that story was made up. That that was a complete fabrication. (laughs) Phil hates Zimbabwe, bro. (laughs) (laughs) I hate this country, bro. (laughs) Phil, things are that okay. Realistically, realistically, Phil. Okay. Um, if you are okay, 
again, I completely understand that there's, there's different levels of society and by far the majority of Zimbabweans are, are not privileged. Um, but obviously I can only speak about my own experience. Zim is tough for me. Zim is rough. But it's not so bad. And there's, there's give and take. There's some pros and there's some cons. At the moment, it feels like there's more cons. Absolutely. But in general, there are some things I appreciate about Zim. Th- that, that perceived slower pace of life, I appreciate that. I appreciate that you can make plans on a weekend easy peasy. Of course, that's not true for everyone. But to a certain extent, for, uh, for people that, for myself, right? I can do that. You can do that. We can make a plan to have a games night, easy peasy. In other places, of course, they can also have certain recreation and so on. But from, the, from what I've heard, it's not as easy to do that. The other benefit of sometimes there being a little bit of chaos is that you have a little bit of flexibility and freedom, which is, again, I don't know because I've never lived that the most I've spent outside of Zim is a couple of months. I've never lived outside of Zimbabwe. So I can't know for sure. But this is just based on conversations that I've had with people. To a certain extent, some people do feel that there's a little bit more flexibility in terms of what you want to do. If you want to start a business or whatever, there's flexibility. It's difficult for mi- for myriad of reasons. But because there's because of the chaos, there's certain things that are much less regulated and there's certain gaps that are much more open. And Again, to be honest, if you are somewhat privileged, you can afford a much higher standard of living in Zim with certain income that you couldn't get elsewhere. So things like, things like having a maid and a gardener and a yard. Like in some parts of the world, you got to be rich, rich to afford that. But in Zim, it's like, ah, you know. Dan, I could do that. Every, everything you're saying is of valid. Course. I'm not, everything mm-hmm. you're saying is valid. I don't deny that. But after a year, after a year, you know, are you telling me when you left, you never spoke to me? Yo, Blas, I'm moving here. Like, what's the lay of the land? Can you just give me a heads up? Like, what to expect? And after a year, you keep ah, oh, keeping in mind, there's a reason you left Zim. That's another thing. Like, there's a reason you left. As 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 nice as everything you've mentioned is, you're still gonna have to buy an inverter. You're still gonna have to drive whatever car you're driving on our terrible road. You're still gonna have to deal with my Honda Fit and my Wish everywhere you go. But Phil, the moment you do get that inverter and then you get yourself that GD6 so that you don't have to really worry about the potholes that you much. You still have to deal I mean, with the Honda Fit. You still have to deal with the Honda Fit. <laughs> Phil, if I'm only driving on certain roads, I mean, obviously that's not true for the majority and I absolutely understand that. I'm not trying to imply that it is. Zim has tons of problems. I can understand why some people might prefer life here though, is what I'm saying. As for me, I can see the allure of other countries, but I can understand why someone might prefer to be here. That's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, listeners, please, I would love to hear your takes, especially if you have lived uh, and worked professionally in both. So Dan, okay. We've got some breaking news. Breaking news. So breaking news. What's breaking next? News, what we got here? Breaking what we got news. Here? Breaking news. Breaking news. Dan. The BET Hip Hop Awards have just announced their nominees. Leading the nominations is Cardi B and 21 Savage. But following closely behind is our continent's own Burner Boy. As you might recall, Burner Boy was in Harare just a year ago. So we got to see this guy in action. 
then would you be interested in seeing some of the nominations Burning Boy has, 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 has secured for this year? Please, please, I would love to hear them. Hip hop artist of the year, Burner Boy. Mm. Hip hop artist of the year, Burner Boy. We then have Song of the Year sitting on top of the world, twenty uh Burner Boy with twenty one savage. Best hip hop video. Best hip hop video. Mm-hmm. And uh best collaboration. Same song. Best live performer. I ain't mad at that. I'm mad at that. Congrats on him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Here we go. Lyricist of the year, Dan. Burner boy. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And hustler Look. of the year. Look, that's that I can I know. Yeah, I can yeah, I'll give that. So hey, he's got a he's got a ton of uh, ton of nominations. Mm-hmm. Very cool, very cool, very cool. And then, How, interesting. He's not he's not nominated for best international flow. I think I think because uh, I guess one like let's just give others a chance. So posthumously, we've got AKA. Yo, uh, I'll tell you a story about that afterwards. Black Sheriff, Central C, uh, Gazo, J Hus, KO. Shout out to you, uh, Major D, Nino. Sampa the Great from Zambia, who's now in Australia. Shout out to her. And Tasha and Tracy from Brazil. So, yeah, man. Dope, 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 dope. Who do you think is going to take business international flow? Um, you see, I, 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 I don't even have... Here's my opinion of who should take it based on the people I know. Um, Central C takes that. I was about to say either Central C or AKA. But I, again, I don't know the, the criteria they're going to use. And I also don't know some of these other artists like Nino from France and Tasha and Tracy from Brazil and Gazoo from France. So, yeah, that's interesting. Um, Hip Hop Artist of the Year, 21 Savage, Burner Boy, Cardi B, Drake, Glorilla, J. Cole, Kendrick Lamar, Lil Uzi Vert. Hmm. Interesting. Is it just me or the quality of the music? I'm looking at these song of the year contenders. There's like a lot of, like, you you know, they're like the quality of the music. Wait, okay, let's go through the list. Okay, All My Life, they were trying to do what Nas did. I think they didn't. Lil Durk and J. Cole. Yeah, God Did, okay, that's a great song. Just Went On Rock, actually a really good song. Players, above average song. Uh, Put it on the floor again. Love that song. Rich Flex, that's going to be a hit. So on top of the world, I, I, I think we're being a little harsh. Those are, those, those are pretty good selection songs. I think Sitting on Top of the World doesn't deserve to be, but I think that's what the label was pushing, which is weird because Burner has way better songs on the, on the album besides that. But anyway, the game is the game. Okay, all right. Maybe I am old. I mean, they have, some of them are fun songs. Like, I do like Players, mm. but then by Coil Array. But I realized that, that probably the reason I like it is because of the song. No, but that's the other thing. Like, Dan, we so. also need to realize we become the old men because this is the, this is the equivalent yeah. of when Diddy yeah. dropped more money, more problems. And we're like, oh, snap. Who's ha? Who's not? Tell me who's not. Who's not? <laughs> and the old people are like, <laughs> you idiots, that's a Diana Ross. He didn't even change the song. That's Diana Ross. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> we are old. <laughs> so also, by the way, Philip, uh, looks like we are about to be entering awards season. Mm-hmm. Uh, the MTV Music Awards, MTV Video Music Awards have also announced their... I, I, I would have sworn that those, those actually happened. Didn't they happen? No. Okay. They've just announced They've just announced who's performing, presenting uh, at, at these awards. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Dope, 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 so, dope, dope, dope. Uh, I think they also have a little bit, they have a little bit uh, of extra information. So, for example, uh, the Video Vanguard Award is going to go to Shakira. Um. Uh, let me see what else have we got here. Some of the performers: Anita, Demi Lovato, Diddy, Doja Cat, Carol G, Lil Wayne. Oh, Lil Wayne seems to be on a little bit of a, a resurgence. Oh, very nice. Mm-hmm. Listen to these presenters, Phil. Presenters at the MTV Video Music Awards: BB Rexa, Charlie D'Amelio, Coco Jones. Dixie D'Amelio. Mm-hmm. Emily Ratajkowski. Buddha? French Montana. <laughs> Emily Ratajkowski. Em- Emily Ratatouille. Okay. Ice Spice. What's Ratatouille up to? <laughs> Jared Leto. I don't Madeline Klein. Rita Ora. Sabrina Carpenter. Hey. Why? I suppose TikTok is now part of the music world because why are they bringing TikTokers to the Video Music Awards? Anyway, mm-hmm. I was I was listening to a very fascinating um, conversation between um, Dan Runcie and Psychomatic Greenberg, and they were they were busily breaking it down. And were like, when you look at the history of MTV and how MTV started curating relationships with record labels, and how MTV was a promotional platform for the songs, that's a direct analogous to what TikTok is doing now for the music industry. So it makes sense because, and it's ironic though, that MTV is bringing TikTokers to the award show because TikTok is the new MTV. I suppose that's true. It's very different though. Um, Still in the realm of award season, you know, we never spoke about the headies. Oh, yes. Mm. You know, we should get get Tola to come back and talk about the headies. Do we, uh, I did want, actually want to talk about Arya Stark. Did you did you see that, Dan? Is that what you wanted to touch on? I did not. I did not actually watch them. Ah. I was just going to mention the some of the winner, winners and so on. Okay, go ahead while I bring up the um, Arya Star. In fact, I put it on my phone here. Okay. So, long story short, the 16th edition of the Hades Awards was held uh, last week. Some of the biggest winners on the night were Rima, Benaboy, Asake, um, Victoni, the best recording of the year went to Soweto by Victoni uh, and Tempo, producer of the year, Rexy, uh, songwriter of the year, okay, Loyal by Simi, uh, Burner Boy and Ed Sheeran won best R&B single for my hand, best rap single went to Odumo Dublek. I didn't feel like Declan Rice. Hey, I didn't feel like Declan Rice. Did you guys see Declan Rice this week? <laughs> <laughs> Declan. <laughs> Actually, after this podcast episode, I'm going to watch those uh, those highlights again. What a mo- Phil, did you watch? Did you watch that Liverpool Newcastle game? Uh, yes. Where Liverpool went down ten to ten men in the thirtieth minute, mm. and then you won in the final yes, minute. Sir. Nunez, surely you must have felt some rush. Yes, of, of course, of that's, joy, that's, euphoria. That's, that's the final football. I mean, I don't even support Liverpool, and I felt it. I was like, yeah. so you know. Anyway. 
Uh, I, I had a great time this weekend when Arsenal overcame Manchester United. Our beds. I didn't feel like Declan Rice. Oh, actually, you know what? <clears throat> Do you know what I love about these awards, Dad? So there's two things I noticed. Yeah. First one is you didn't touch on International Artist of the Year. Do you know who that was, Dan? Without looking, don't look. I, I, I wasn't Dan Angua. I was going to scroll down. International Artist of the Year. Uh, is it Burner Boy? Selena Gomez. Surprisingly, she was not in attendance. <laughs> Surprisingly, she's not in attendance. Um, I'm not too sure she even knew these awards were happening, but you know, I'm, I'm sure her award is in the mail and they've been given the correct address. Do you think she knows she got it? That's the question. <laughs> but no, but also r- running, running through the, um, the this list, you know, like it's hilarious to me because um, I'm seeing it happen with the BT ones as well. Is the headies were started. Do you know why they call the headies? It's for hip hop heads. The headies were a hip hop award show. Mm-hmm. Which which hip hop song is winning here? I don't think I, like I need to go through this list closely, but I I can't think of. Well, let, let's talk. Let, let's talk about the best rap single. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. they feel like Declan Rice. Okay. Obviously, we can't play too much of that. Do like Declan Rice. I they feel like Declan Rice. <laughs> Okay, uh, let me see. Any other notable songs here? Hip-hop songs for the hip-hop heads. Uh, best music video went to Calm Down. Ooh, Calm Down. Ooh. Best collaboration. Who is your guy? Digital, digital artist of the... What does digital artist of the year mean? I mean, um, AI. You know, like that, 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 that avatar rap artist that got cancelled because he was racist? Yeah, I think that's what I mean. Right. It went to Rema. Um interesting. Afrobeats single of the year, last last. Well, looks like Afrobeats is now a thing. <laughs> I'm glad that the, this this Afrobeats genre might be taking off then. It, it finally might have found its footing. Best Southern African artist of the year went to Focalistic. Mm. Uncle Waffles was also nominated. Mm, nice. Hip hop heads, huh? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just upset that not as a single Zimbabwean was nominated. At the head is so. <laughs> so once again, the two BT bump proves to be mm. very beneficial. As best female artist was, was mm. won by Arya Star, former guest of the podcast. Scroll up to listen to her episode. Um, for those of you don't know, she she definitely wanted to be part of that episode, and she was keen to be part of the conversation throughout. Right, Dan? You agree? I think she she grew into it. <laughs> anyway, she won and she, she wasn't, um, I, I'm sure, I don't think she was there tonight, but she then tweeted, I will never be grateful for winning a category that wasn't even deemed fit to be announced on stage. Best female artist, Nah Beans. We, ha- we work hard, every single one of us, 
I've seen Tiwa record four hit songs in the same night. Thames breathes and lives for music. We didn't deserve such nonchalance. Nigeria, you didn't raise me to settle for less. And I think that was a, a very um, well-articulated argument because that category was not televised or on the stream. And he was like, WTF, guys. Was Best Male announced on I screen? so. That's messed up. So they announced Best Male televised and they didn't announce Best mm. Female. That's messed up. That's messed up, actually. Damn. So, yeah. Controversy Mars, the headies once again. But um, Rima, Rima had again. a great speech about um, being there to support the institutions and, and supporting his people, which, considering the year he's had, I felt was a very well-placed and well-articulated argument as well. Um, it was great to see him that, like, even though he's, he's like, yo, I'm out of here, obviously with his fellow nominee, Selena Gomez, um, mm, mm, he was like, "Yo, I'm still gonna write she, for my you people." Know, she basically made the song. I'm never yeah. gonna be too big for you guys, and I, I, I appreciated that. That was dope. Uh, it's easy to say that now, eh? Um, let's talk about being outside, Phil. Are you going to Are you going to watch uh, my homie Joao this weekend? I didn't even know he was in the country. Where is he performing? Oh, well, is, it, is, is, yeah, that the, is that the is that the horses? Zimstock. Zimstock. No, no, not the horses. Zimstock. Uh, on Saturday. No, I didn't know about this. At, at Hellenic School. Um, yeah, Mikasa. Mikasa going to be performing. I sent him a message today. I was like, yo, you're going to be in Zim. He's like, hey, but bro, I'll be there. You're going to be there. I'll be, like, I'll be there, man. So, you know. Oh. <laughs> did you actually respond? <laughs> you did. Yeah, you did. <laughs> I, every once in a while, I like text him just to, because I haven't seen him so long. I want him to, to, to remind him that I still exist. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> So we're talking about Mikasa. Mikasa going to be performing at. Uh, I, have, I haven't seen Joao so long, at, but yeah, uh, it was an annoying thing when every time I'd bump into Joao and I was still out in the streets and blogging, I was like, "Phil, where's Danny?" <laughs> That's Jay something, lead singer of Mikasa. Very cool dude. Um, so yeah, so uh, I, I will I will give you back a full report next week uh, after we go through Zimstock. It's it's a very I've never been. But I am aware it's a very, it's hosted at Hellenic School. Mm-hmm. And it's not cheap. And the promotion channels are very, you know, Hellenic School Parental Association, you know, the, the various uh, parents' liaison committees and so on. So just, just to clarify. It's not exactly in the streets like that, but it's, it's like, uh, you know. Did you purchase tickets or did you get comps? No, no, I, 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 bought, I bought, well. Someone was buying and they were like, should I get you some? And I was like, wait, who's performing? And they were like, yo, Mishra. And I was like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I have to, I'll have to pay them back for those tickets. Okay. But yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, and then um, next month, we've got the Jacaranda Festival. Yeah, that's going to be very exciting. Lit, looking lit. Um, this past week we got the final, the final. I think we had mentioned the second wave of announcements. This uh, this past week we got the final third third uh, group of announcements. So I'm going to give you the full list of people performing at the Jacaranda Festival, which is going to be happening. Did I say next month? No, it's going to be this month from the sixth to the twenty. No, I lie. <sighs> okay, it's going to be on the twenty. 
How am I? How am I looking at this now? <clears throat> Once again, Dan with his with his information just at the tip of his fingers. Just this is where our listeners the come. Jacaranda Festival, the Jacaranda Music Festival, shall be from the sixth to the eighth of October. On the lineup, uh, such big names as Sun L Musician, Lady Smith, Black Mombazo. I, 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 Black I, I can't Motion. believe you, you. You. I think they've got nine Grammys, and you. You mention them after Sano. Just mention them in the order that they are listed here. Huge fan of Lady Smith Black Mombasa, so you know. Um, where was I? Black Motion, Judith Sapuma, Ami Faku, uh, Dali Wonga, Brint Burkhead, Dlovu Youth Choir, Murumba Pitch, XQ, Alexio Kawara, and the Shades of Black, Silent Ngo. Norman Masamba, Chiweda, Intotal Band, Gary Tide, those guys, Vacho, Jason LaRue, Gwebezi, Manex Mozzi, Tammy Moyo, Willem Tide, Mateo, Dino Mdondo, Selmum Tukudzi, Nicola, Amara Brown, Vera Vuyo Brown, and Samuel Cosmic. Actually, quite an exciting lineup. Uh, probably worth getting the three day pass. Wait, will I be back the sixth? Yes, I will be back. So I think. Uh, did, you, did you all add Walter? I, I I did. I spoke to him. He was like, "Yo, Phil, I'll hit you up when we get back to Zim." I'm, I'm waiting for him to hit me up. Mm. I did. I did see they used one of my artist songs as one of the beds for the ad, um, which is nice. So I think that means that I'm some somehow in the in the ether. I mean, they're in the room, but I, I don't know if I'm on the priority list as as of as of now. But hopefully, as as um as the day continues, uh, we'll we'll think. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Walter, if, if you get to hear this, uh, hello, 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 hello. Hey, Walter, you know, you and me go way back, man. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Look, we want to support you. We've just given this uh, festival a free plug on our podcast. <laughs> uh, and we would, we would. Yeah, we'll actually get him. Yeah, you're here for this story. So Walter mm-hmm. and I on the same flight back from Durban. Um, mm-hmm. Dan, you've caught many a flight. I'm sure you're familiar with the mm-hmm. process of Get into the terminal and then you hop into a shuttle that takes you from the mm-hmm. terminal to the plane. Yeah. Have you ever heard it playing music? <laughs> no. <laughs> so, Walter and I and Indo, we get onto the shuttle with the full play, flight. I already knew things were off. Uh, no, I'll, let me let me tell the story. We get onto it and there's music playing on the shuttle. It's a small plane, so we're all mm-hmm. on one shuttle. And the music that's blaring out of the speakers, and I, when I say blaring, I mean blaring. It's yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm looking, I'm like, I have never in my life heard music being played in a shuttle. But of course, it's on a piano. And the funnier part is, a white family comes in behind us, and the and the mother shouts. This music, oh. and then the children who are clearly teenagers say to the mother, "It sounds like Indian music." And, yeah. and I'm like, "Yo, how are you a teenager who lives bubbles in between bubbles Zimbabwe and South Africa? How are you on TikTok?" And you have, like, the algorithms are totally different. And then I look to my left, and there's a black kid sitting down with a mother. And she's singing the song word for word. And I'm like, oh, okay. I'm not in the, I'm not, I'm not in the apparel universe. 
Because even I look over at Walter, I even got the video. I look over at Walter and Walter's even doing the dance. He's like, yo, let's just do the dance. <laughs> so he did it. And then that sounds like <laughs> <laughs> that happens. The, the part that really annoyed me is the mother now. Are you sure it wasn't? What's 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 that song? Are you sure it wasn't um Abibi? No, no, that no was it playing? wasn't. You know that no, I'm a piano no, song. No, no, it was it was the PC song. And then now the mother who now sees um, me interacting with Walter and obviously having a fun about it. And obviously, you know me, Dan, I'm always dressed like a million dollars. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Balling. Well, so she then taps me on my leg and says, excuse me. Excuse me. Are you XQ? Yeah. <laughs> Are you serious? I'm not lying. <laughs> <laughs> It strikes once again. Oh, I was so annoyed. <laughs> but we should have started the podcast with this. I don't know why you're, you're burying the lead, leading it all the way to the end. This should have been the first thing we spoke about in this podcast. Anyway, I say all that to say, um, before you continue announcing the lineup, another amazing thing, and I actually realized I was I, I was disrespecting the guys, which is once again the, the beauty of telling African stories is as part of music in Bizo was also the Imbizo Film Festival. So during the day was the music conference and night was the film festival. Night one, they have a special screening for a Ladysmith Black Mambazo documentary that's yet to be released. It was directed by um, a guy called Andil Mbele, I believe. And it's it's actually amazing. And um, I got to speak to him briefly, but then we never caught up because our timelines didn't sync. But I, I, I caught him at breakfast the next day and he was telling me, yeah, I've already sold the rights. It's going to be on HBO Max. Um, it's going to be on Sky in the UK and then a few other distri- distributors. So it's it's going to be widely dis- um, shared. Incredible documentary, incredible story about, especially jo- Joseph Shabalala and the Shabalala family and what they accomplished with Ladies with Black Mambazo and what they did for South African music, what they did to basically resurrect Paul Simon's career and all the accomplishments mm. um, with record sales, the Grammys, etc, etc, etc. And I was like, yo, I knew these guys were, were bad. I didn't realize they were that bad. Dan, you know, like the run. I would enjoy it. You know, like that the run Burner Boy is on right now? Mm. And Burner Boy is on a, on a run. Like, Burner Boy is on a, yeah. a legendary run. Drop in the bucket compared to what these guys were doing in the 70s and 80s, bro. Drop in the bucket. I know because my dad had Ladysmith Black Mambazo music and my dad didn't have any music. <laughs> I was like, eh, damn. Do you know, do you, he had Ladysmith Black Mambazo and Bob Marley. Those are the so two. I think you should watch this documentary with your dad because I'd love to hear your dad's thoughts on this because one of the things is... I actually... I, 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 I mean, he's old now. I don't know if he'd enjoy it, but I really want to take him to go see them at, uh, at, the, at the festival. So I'm... Gonna, gonna oh pick his brain no i know i think i think you should definitely you should definitely i think I, I, now i think i'm in a slightly better financial position so i, I might be I'm able to get my parents as well but i think the other thing i wanted to, to mention is and this will be interesting to you is the shabalala is obviously very traditional zulu family um they also mm-hmm. um traditional religion um joseph shabalala um, he was, he became very religious and Christian. He was even a Christian pastor later on in his life. But in the early days, he would get his song ideas and dreams. Like in the middle of the night, he'd literally wake up and he'd be like, yo, someone told me a dream. Like the ancestors gave me an idea. And he'd wake up at 2 a.m. and write the song. And then they'd wake up the next day and he's like, yo, I've got a song. And they're like, dude, when did you write a song? We went to bed at the same time. Very cool. I'm, I am looking forward to that documentary. I'd enjoy watching it. 
Very cool. Well, we are very excited about the Jacaranda Music Festival. It's got a great... Do you know what? It's like always... It's built a very great brand name for itself. Like it it seems to always deliver, you know, Mm. on the promise. So well done to Walter. Definitely, definitely. I think also I forgot to mention. So uh, ladies with Black Mambazo were at the premiere with us. So like they were sitting like right in front of me. So I I got to see, but that's when I got to a level where I was just like, you know what, it's fine. I I just literally just was in front of them and said, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And I just, because I was intimidating. Very cool. Very, very, very cool. All right, Philip, let's uh, let's take a look at some uh, new music. Uh, what do we got? So what do we got? I haven't watched any of these movies that uh, Crims has put yet. No, so. I need to watch Barbie. It's on my Apple, so I'll, I'll give that a watch. There's a lot of dope new music, though. I mean, um, shout out to Titch in our... In our Patreon group, he was bigging up the the Black Motion album. I was banging that over the weekend as well. I think we might even play up with the song with Boosie. You know, there's a nice little tie in there uh, to two Brooke Tumbos. So we might, we might do that. Mm. But outside of that, Dan, what else have you been feeling? Um, I haven't really listened to much new music since the Pro Beats album which I quite enjoyed. Um, apart from that, what else is there? Um... I heard this Tapiwa song. Uh, it's called Ndoda. It's okay. Like it was fine. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't. I, I don't think it's good enough for us to really play. But if you want to check it out, you can check it out. Tapiwa Ndoda. Um, maybe we just end. We just end with that Black Motion song, mm-hmm. and then we can also because I haven't really we, listened to we much. We can else. also tack on. Um, Oski's got a new song, a single called Shiri. It's really dope. I was enjoying that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of stuff. Uh, I think we'll, I need to update the playlist this week. Um, there's a new Nick Genius song with T Guns. I don't know if you've seen that one. Dr. Chai dropped his Minister of Enjoyment EP. Uh, so. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I saw that. I saw that. I saw that. Yeah, I saw the T Guns and Nick Genius song. Hey. Oh, no, actually, I saw T Guns' new song. Um, there's this, there's this, this like bag that T Guns is trying to get into of like some kind of like a pop rap vibe or something. And it's just. For me, at least, it's just not really working for him. But anyway, yep, yep, yep. Let me, let me give it. Let me give things a chance before hating <laughs> on them. You know, a single, a single listen or two here and there is not good enough. Let me, let me properly listen to them. All right. But yeah, let, let's just let's let's tack on those two new songs. Then we put we put the new uh, uh, Black Motion and what was that one you said? Um, the the new Oskid Shit. Yeah, 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 and the new Oski. I nah, I dope. Thank you guys so much for supporting us. Thank you for listening. Um, don't forget to following us on social media is tricky because we don't know how long social media is going around. But if you can, just give us a follow or subscribe to the <laughs> newsletter so you can stay in touch. The best way to stay in touch with us is to support us on Patreon. Even if you are unable to meet the five dollars, we can make a plan. Don't worry. Just hit us up um, on Patreon. Head on over to twobroketrimbles.com forward slash donate. And uh, or just go to Patreon search for Two Broke Trimbos. You'll see our membership tiers there. If you want to be Mpingaldo, head on over and give us the support. Keep in mind that you will not need to declare this to Zimra when they do a lifestyle audit, especially at the Bingaldo tree. Then I don't know if you saw they they've 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 given people an armistice to declare and regularize their ill-gotten gains. Yeah, no, I saw, mm-hmm. I saw, mm-hmm. I saw. Uh, that doesn't really apply to me. I have no ill-gotten gains. You did not breathe a sigh of relief like, I can finally register my rate <laughs> drop. 
healthy even healthy cotton gains don't really not really sitting on the although i bought uh bought a new dining room table this week so that was quite exciting hey, mr money bags over here who never going to recover financially from this um yeah look uh, i wanted to say something as well um I I I love our Patreon community and I love that you guys can support us via Patreon and long may it continue. And may I encourage you, if you're not one of our Patreon subscribers, please do it. But the rise of Patreon should not equal a, a decrease in once-off donations. Mm. So even if you are a Patreon subscriber or even if you're not, every time you hear something that you feel, you know what? This is something that I got to show appreciation for. My city was mentioned. My hometown was mentioned. Hey, they mentioned someone I know. Or maybe it was, I laughed in this episode. Or I thought about something I never thought about before. Please feel free to, t- to take that as an opportunity to say, thank you guys. Years gonna got 20. Just 20 dollars. Ah, try, ah, try my face. If you're feeling rich, ah, 50 in you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Ah, take your 50. Please feel free to do that. For those of you who are listening in Ghana and Nigeria. I was about to give him a shout out to Dan, Dan. Like I was just looking at the number. What is going on? For those of you listening in Ghana and Nigeria, we 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 love you and we and no, we appreciate actually, your support. Actually, if, if you are listening in Ghana and Nigeria and you've gotten this far into the podcast, please, if you can, hit us up on social media so we know. So that we can start expanding our talking points. You know, we don't leave you, we don't leave you left out. You know what I mean? We want to make sure we cater to all of y'all. You know what I mean? We are pan-Africanists. We are for the people. Not only that, but everyone knows that in that part of the world, one of the key ways of showing appreciation is sending money. Is throwing small, 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 small night. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll so figure out how to get GGT Bank to talk to our bank. We'll figure that out. Just holler. We'll figure it out. We'll work, we'll work together. You're a team. TwoBrokeTumbles.com forward slash donate. May as well, guys. May as well. You know what I'm saying? All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for tuning in to another episode. Uh, if you've never dropped a comment or given us a rating on Apple or Google Podcasts or whatever you listen to, now's a great time to do that. Please, please just open it. It will take you like one minute. Just go there. Five-star rating. We love Den and Phil. Thank you so much. I love Den more than Phil. Whatever it is you want to say, we'd greatly appreciate it. Um, yeah, apart from that, we appreciate the support and uh, we look forward to hearing some feedback uh, from this episode and uh, some of the discussions that are going to happen in our group after this episode. Look. Guys, I was just joking. I don't think that the Zimbabwean stadiums were not up to par. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. On that note, we'll catch you in the next episode. We have. <laughs>
Takushi ona Maria Pilo Maria Pukuya ma indi pa makanga musinga inonge. Dai ni shinda imbatsukera ku 